to our feet and with our hands lifted ask God for the spirit of revelation to come upon us as we enter the next session the spirit of revelation to come upon us as we enter the next session what a week what a blessing lift your hands now and ask the Lord Father open my eyes touch my heart Give me understanding 
let the words I'm about to hear transform my life. Let the words I'm about to hear take me to my next level. Let the words I'm about to hear transport me to a higher level of ministry. Lift your hands and pray. Lift your hands and pray. Lift your hands and pray. Father, do it for me. Let this be a time of unique impartation. Give me something. Give me something. Put something into my hands. Put something into my hands. Let me receive a spiritual download for my life, for my ministry. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus. Are you becoming a good shepherd? Are you becoming a good shepherd? Before we take our seats, I'm happy to announce that this morning we have with us another great servant of God whose ministry was a mighty blessing to us yesterday. He came with a word from the Lord for us. And this afternoon, or this morning, he's here. I believe that God has given him something very special for your ministry and for my ministry. This conference is turning us into giants in the ministry. This conference is turning us into greater lights. This conference is turning us into great shepherds for the flock of God. And I want us this afternoon to welcome to the pulpit an anointed pastor, a teacher, and an anointed servant of God, a builder of the church, and a man God has used to touch many lives. I want you with a hand clap to help me to welcome Bishop Ishmael Sam. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Good to see you again, Mr. Baja. Long time. Powerful. How many of you are happy to be here this afternoon? For this, it's, it's afternoon. Afternoon starts from 12. <clears throat> oh, uh-huh. so powerful to be here this afternoon. I'm sure we have been blessed by the powerful ministration of the servant of God, Bishop Edwin Ogo. I mean, yesterday night as I sat here and ministered on becoming a good shepherd, the art of shepherding, I was so blessed, I was so touched, and I told myself that this, this conference, this conference, this art of shepherding, conference is going to transform your shepherding skills 
for this beautiful job. Hallelujah. Your skills for shepherding, your work as a shepherd, as a pastor, as a church worker, is changing after this conference. Your sheep will never remain the same. Your church will never remain the same. Your ministry is going to go beyond your wildest imagination. You know, yesterday, Bishop Ogo said something that you will not be able to explain the blessings and the breakthroughs that will come with your ministry. If you can explain it, then it will not be a miracle. But this one, you are receiving a special grace and a special anointing for some powerful breakthroughs and powerful growth in your church that you will not be able to explain. Yes. People will come and they wonder how you've been able to do it. So we thank God for this wonderful conference. And as I said, we are living here with powerful blessings and anointings to do what the Lord wants us to do. Father, we thank you once again for this session. And as your servant prayed, may we receive a spirit of revelation. A revelation that will take us to the next level of ministry in this beautiful job. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Let's put our hands together and take our seats. The turning point for your ministry has arrived. Only two people believe what I said. The time that you go to church and there's no sheep for you to feed is past. Now are coming times that when you go to church, the sheep will be rushing to come and listen to you preach. And when they come, they will not come alone. They will come today, and the next time they will come, they will come with their friends to come and sit at your feet and not leave you. Amen. And this time also, when they come, they will stay. They will stay. Hallelujah. That's why yesterday I told you that the problem of the church is not for want of people coming to church. If you go back to your membership book for the last six months, you will be surprised to see the number of people who have come to your church as visitors and as new converts. There will be more than the number of people who will be sitting in the church. Multiply by three. So it is not for want of people coming to church, but for us to be able to retain them so that they don't move away. Hallelujah. So once again, Bishop Ogo, thank you for organizing this powerful, powerful conference. You know, I just feel that he, he really is blessing us for organizing this conference for us. It's not easy. To organize such a conference and for pastors and leaders to be gathered um, like this during the day. But really thank God for availing yourself. Somebody's ministry is changing because of this. So it's very powerful. Amen. So as God gives us the people, what do we do to maintain them? Hallelujah. That is why yesterday I started preaching from this book, The Mega Church. The Mega Church. And I believe that all of us want to have mega churches. How many of you don't want a mega church? Hey, hey, hey. You, you have to wait before you raise your hand. Yeah. 
one day preacher was preaching, said, I see you traveling. Everybody was receiving, and he made him say, I see you dying. And people raised their hand. But then they realized they, they, they were receiving death. You see? So you have to listen to what I'm saying before you raise. You see, you're raising your hand shouldn't be like some automatic thing in the church as if you are. <laughs> How many of you don't want to receive a mega church? <laughs> How many of you want to receive a mega church from God? Wow. Are you sure? Are you sure it's not just something you are wishing for? Are you sure that it's something you are desiring for? Are you sure? If it is a desire, then you are living here with it in Jesus' name. Because the desire will drive you to go for it. And that is why I want you to get this book. And this book is part of the collection of the Macarius, which I believe that at a point I'll talk about, so the collection of the Macarius, that I want every one of you to get copies of. Amen. It will transform your life. It will transform your ministry. It will change you forever. Amen. So it's very, very important that you, and this book, as I said yesterday, has been written by God, you know, for you, Habakkuk 2.2. Has been written by God for you. Why has He, how, why has God led Him to write it for you? He says that that you will run that read it. So this book is written for people to get mega churches that read it. Are you understand what I'm saying? It is not just written. You have not written it. God has caused. Bishop Doug to write it. Hallelujah. But your part is that read it and run with it. In other words, read it and have a mega church. What's your problem? Read it and have a mega church. I have not written any of these books. These are 60 books. Collection of 60 books. And I remember I was preaching a conference somewhere in Ukraine. And um, as part of the question time, someone asked me, when will I write my, a book? And I said, I've written several books. He said, wow! Where are the books? I said, oh, I'm surprised that I am here and you are asking me where the books are. These are the books that I've written. And so he was still looking for it. I said, then I went to the, I, I took the books like this. said, these are the books I've written. So, uh, he was very confused. I said, yeah, these are the books I've written. If my father has written a book and I'm supposed to run with it, then that is my books as well. <laughs> Hallelujah. And actually, uh, the reason why I even said so was that I wanted them to, to, him to know that it was as a result of the books that I was standing there having that seminar with them. As a result of the books, someone has written his book. I have taken it and I'm running with it. And I've been invited to go and preach to people from all over Eastern Europe. Just running with it. And every year, for the past five years, I'm invited to go and preach. When I go, I, I take the book like this. And I open chapter one. By the grace of God, it's translated to Russian as well. Chapter one. And I'll preach. Chapter two. And I'll preach. What am I doing? The vision has been written down and I am running with it. Conferences. 
So what's your problem? You are receiving a mega church in the name of Jesus. So take this book. The author of this book, as I said, is an anointed man of God. So this book is as a result of the anointing that is upon his life. As a result of what? The anointing upon his life. So when you take the book, you're actually getting anointing. Getting anointing. Hallelujah. So may you be anointed as you read. Amen. These books are also practical books. You know, there are some books when you read, you don't really understand what the person is saying. Do you know the reason? Because the person who wrote the book has not had the practical experience of what he or she is writing. He doesn't have a practical experience. So sometimes you read the book and it's like sometimes you read books about marriage. And the things they are saying, you wonder whether the person's marriage is, is in heaven or here on earth with us. I mean, how can you talk about marriage and it's like if there is no problem in the marriage? It's as if when you go home, you don't quarrel, you don't do anything, and every day honey, every day sugar, it's not possible. So when you tell the person, this book is not written for me at all, it's not, I don't think my marriage is in this book. Because it's not practical. It's not practical. Do you get it? Kiss your wife before you go to bed. Say honey before you eat. Those things are not. You now you know that you do it for two weeks and you, even two weeks is too much. You do it for two hours and you stop. Amen. But these are practical. These practical principles and keys in this book has produced bishops and produced three thousand churches in all over the world and in seventy countries. The practical things in this book is that is what it has produced. Hallelujah. And I see the same anointing coming it upon you. And you are also producing pastors, producing bishops, producing shepherds, building churches, having crusades in the name of Jesus. May one of your problems be problem of space. That means you don't have a place to house your members. You are always putting the canopies outside and you are getting going for another land and it will be so full and you go and put canopies outside. May this be your problem in Jesus' name. So, what is it that in this book, first of all, I want to talk about? Yesterday, I started talking about one of the most important things about our work as pastors and to cause your church to grow and that is retention evangelism. How to retain the sheep that God gives to you. Remember I said that in, the, in times past, just at the turn of the 21st century, people were dying from diseases and sicknesses that was, that was causing the population of the earth to remain at a certain constant level. And that was not to say that people were not giving birth. They were giving birth. The church was doing outreach. The church was doing evangelism. And yet there was no growth in the population of, uh, of the world until such a time that medical science improved and they had vaccines and they have, they have antidote for those things that were killing the people to reduce mortality rates. And what happened? To the extent that a disease, a, a disease that killed almost 20 million people the whole of the population of Ghana, almost. 
was is can, could now be treated by a single dose of injection. Just a single dose. Bah, and you no longer die. And as a result, many of the people who were supposed to die, they lived. They didn't die. Hallelujah. May you receive some spiritual revelation of a certain kind of injection in your church that will reduce the the rate of faith as people leave your church so that they will remain. Hallelujah. So as a result of that thing, people stopped dying and then the, the population started increasing. And you see that even now that people are not giving birth a lot because now averagely, average, apart from a few people, average is two. At, ma- at maximum three. And some places like Japan and things, they've stopped, they've stopped giving birth. They've stopped giving birth. And yet, the population of the world is increasing. Why? Because we, have, we now have a way of prolonging people's lives. Even people don't die again. Sometimes people used to die early. When I was young, I used to see a lot of 50 obituary. 50 years, I said, this man was very old. So this man, now when I see 50 years, I say, this man is a very young man. Because as I've come around that age, I realize that you don't have to die now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a young age. Hallelujah. And then we have, they have, um, they have multivites and all those things. You can take it. Vitamins for, I saw one say 50 plus. Then after 50, you can eat, you can take it and add 40 years more to your life, I'm sure. Amen. So more and more people are staying alive. That is why the population seems to be increasing. Hallelujah. And that is why I said that the revelation is that the church also must try and find out what we can do to stop the rate at which people leave, leave the church to be able to retain the members that God gives to us. Hallelujah. You must see, what, you must see a member and after 10 years, after 20 years, you should see this same member in the church who has married and has given birth and their children are in the same chapel. You should see these same members. You need to retain them. Amen. And in doing that, brings in the art of follow-up. The art of follow-up. Hallelujah. It's an art. It's not something you, it, it, that just happens. It's an art. You should learn it. And put, 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 put in place strategies in the church so that you'll be able to know. You'll be able to know what to do to retain and maintain the growth of your church. Amen. So, he said that in the, some, some of the books is chapter 10, other editions chapter 11. But it says that you must bear in mind that the follow-up ministry is both what? A physical and spiritual exercise. The follow-up ministry is a spiritual and a physical exercise. It's not, it's not just following up. It's not just following up. I just want to go and visit somebody. No. It involves just going to visit a person. It is both physical and spiritual. Hallelujah. It's both physical and spiritual. And it involves prayer. 
involves visitation and involves teaching. Prayer, visitation, and teaching. Hallelujah. That is what the follow-up ministry involves. That is that, that dose of injection to just inject your church with. Bring into your church so that your members will not leave you. Involves, involves what? Prayer, visitation, and then teaching. What does it mean? You must first of all pray for your convert or the visitors who come to church. Listen, it is not automatic that the people who come to church today as visitors will come again. No. It takes more than just the person coming. No. It's not automatic. When you see that a, a visitor has come to church today, goes and come again, and come again, and come again, and come again. It means that a lot of things are taking place. Because most often for the visitor to come, he or she had passed through another church. Wow. Yeah. He or she had passed look, he or she had, he or she had passed through another church before coming to your church. So what will make your church be quite last stop for the person? Something must happen for the person that this one is different. I have few, I mean some of the members of my church and so they tell me how they joined the church. Some will say, oh, we just came for um, a wedding. We just came for a wedding. And after the wedding, I just felt that there was someone in the church and I joined. And then they will say, and then I had a call. And then somebody spoke to me. Some will say that, oh, the first time I came to church, I was sitting at the back and I was surprised that you came and, and talked to me one-on-one. That is how I joined the church. So many things. Stories that people say. Hallelujah. So, so it means that such a person was, has visited another church, gone, been to several funerals in other churches, but something in your church or in your place should make the person stay. Retain that person. Otherwise, not that you are seeing, but the person is actually going to go on those excursions for some few times more. Amen. So, it's not automatic. Hallelujah. And you must always remember that the church is not rotary club. Hallelujah. It is a spiritual organization. It is not a social club. That means that everything that is happening is spiritual. Never forget the spiritual aspect of the church. For you, for you to be here, it's like something is burning. Yeah. For you to be here is spiritual. Hallelujah. Wow. For you to be here is spiritual. And so the church is a spiritual. That is why three principles of follow-up. The first is that one. Pray for visitors and converts. Don't take it for granted that as they've come, they will come again. Look, for somebody to come to church and be born again, eh? You don't know the process and the thing that has happened. To come to church, to be born again. The, 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 the person for, for the person to raise their hand, it means that he has defeated Satan. That is why Jesus said that, how can you enter into a strong man's house and take his goods? You must first bind. Bind the strong man before you can take his goods. Yeah. So, 
for the person to be in church, he is being controlled by a strong man somewhere. A force is controlling the person. And sometimes if the strong man realizes that he could not control what's in church, because when you are in church, the anointing is said that the strong man realizes that, well, I've lost, I've lost my grip on the person. But he will not stop. He will not stop. And for many of us to be born again, when you see people getting born again, it means that a powerful thing has taken place in the realm of the spirit. An actual fight. Hey, mighty thing. One day somebody came to church. And hmm, after service, I saw that a car had come to park opposite us the church. And this was a, an open top, I think a Jaguar open top, with four strong, strongly built men, macho men wearing t-shirts. I'm sure that sit in their car. I said, Wow. And I asked, one of the brothers came to tell me, I said, What are they looking for? Eventually, we got to know that one of them has a girlfriend. That the girlfriend who they have been looking for for some time. And they've not been finding her. In fact, she has actually bought the girl, one of these latest ML, the Benz ML. Is that what we call it? Latest. It's a white or so. Latest. We have seen the car parking there for some time, but we didn't know what it, who it belonged to. So they were looking, they've been looking for her. They couldn't find her. So someone told her, them that she's been coming to this church. So they came and stood back opposite the church and looked into the church for some time and drove off. I said, wow. Now they were afraid. (laughs) To cut a long story short, it wasn't long and the lady stopped coming to church. The strong man came for his goods. The strong man came for his goods. Yeah. So for somebody to be born again, a strong man has, you have entered into a place, you have taken the person's good from the person. And he is not going to sit down and look at you just like that. Hey! That's why Bible said that when a demon or a devil is cast out of somebody, it will leave the person, but it will go and roam about and come back to see. And many of us, when the people get born again, and we don't, we don't take good care of them, then the demons that we cast out of them, what they have been delivered from, they go and come back with, if they were spoken one jot a day, they come back with six more jots a day. So now I realize that the anointing to get this person to be born again is not the same as the one you used to get born again previously. Amen. That is why you need to pray and Paul knew this. Hallelujah. Paul knew this. So you have to pray for your pray and prophesy that as they come, as they come, they will they will go and come again. Pray that God will establish them. And of course, that's what Paul was doing in let's turn about Galatians chapter 4, verse 9. You will see that Paul was always praying. Because what will establish the convert? Yeah, it's good. They are filled the membership form. It's good you are giving them Coca-Cola to drink. You give them water to drink. You put them in an air-conditioned visitor's lounge to, to entertain them or to welcome them. But that is not all. That is not all. Amen. That's why in Galatians 4 9, Paul says, My little children, of whom I travel again in birth, I travel again. You know, he has traveled before. And again in birth until Christ be formed in you. 
You know, one of the things that I came, I've come to see is that the reason why most shepherds and most pastors can easily let go their sheep is that they didn't travel for them. Yeah. They didn't travel for them. You didn't force, you didn't struggle to get them. That's why you can easily lose them. Yes. You go and ask for them. Even, even go and see a dog that has given birth to puppies. You go and see a dog. You see how after the pain, after the struggle, the dog will be wild guarding the puppies. You can't just go and pass there. Because it is the dog that traveled, not you. So the dog is wild about the, about the puppies. But see, many of us, we don't travel for the sheep. That's why there's also nothing in us to go for them and after them and to establish them. We steal sheep. We don't travel for them. The, the sheep was stolen. So what is that thing in you to go after the sheep? No. You didn't suffer for the sheep. Somebody's church broke down. You went to tell that, tell that look, if, you don't, if your pastor doesn't like you, come to my church. Somebody's member was being disciplined and told your pastor is too hard. Come to my church. That is how you got them. There is, there is no travail for souls. But if you close your church on Sundays and send your people out to do evangelism and they bring the souls raw with their children behind at their back and they come and sit in the church and you have to go and know their names as you are talking to them they are looking at your face as if they don't understand what you are saying and you go after them and you you bring them up and they stay not nobody will tell you that go and look for them if they don't come to church nobody will tell you but you are not traveling you don't travel that's why you see shepherds that's why shepherds lose sheep so easily Shepherds lose sheep so easily. You get the sheep, so please keep the sheep for me. The next time you ask the shepherd, where is the sheep? Oh, I do. He doesn't even remember that you gave the sheep to him or her. He'll be asking, what are you talking about? Because you didn't travel. But if we were to travel, like somebody would take his car and tracks and go from village to village, city to city, doing healing, Jesus could say, somebody would go knock on doors and, and, and witness people to come to church and fast and pray for them. When the sheep come, you will do everything you can to keep the sheep. Hallelujah. So Bible says, on I travel again. It means, it means I don't just pray. I don't just go. You know, some of the prayers you are praying like, oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, as they've come, as they've come, let them come again. No, 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 no. Traveling prayer is that you wake up at 2 a.m. and you commit the sheep that have been committed to your care and say, Lord, I am praying that Christ be formed in this person. Christ be formed in this person. Look, most of the counselings we do, we counsel because Christ is not formed in the person. Because if Christ is formed in the convert, then the, the convert himself or herself will know that as a newborn baby, as a Christian, I don't need to fornicate. In case he or she does it, he will have the conversion within him or herself that I shouldn't do it. Because Christ is formed in you. Christ is formed in you. You will know how to tell your convert every Sunday, come to church, come to church. If Christ is formed in the person, the person who cannot wait till Sunday morning. By 5 a.m., the person is ready. His church is ready. He's waiting just for day to come, to come to church. Because Christ has been formed in the person. Christ has been formed in the person. We can do all that. Some of us, we are putting structure, we have put 
structures in place to maintain them, to entertain them, to make them say, but let me tell you something, those things are good, but what will really make them established is the, the prayers you pray for them. Paul said that by the operations of the Holy Spirit, you will get to know Christ and what Christ has done for you. As a living Bible translation of Ephesians 1.17, that you will get to know Christ and what Christ has done for you. And Paul was always praying for his convert. Let's go to Ephesians 1.17. He says what? This is Paul. Let's start from 15. This is Paul saying, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in Jesus Christ, and love unto all the saints, verse 16, cease not to give thanks for, for you, making mention in my prayers, making mention in my prayers, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That you know who Christ is and what Christ has done for you. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Let me tell you something. If your members get to know Christ and what Christ has done for you, 89 or 99% of your work is done. You are finished. You don't need to, you, you don't even need to preach much. You don't need to talk about time. You don't, they will just do it. So it, that, is, that is the work that you do for your, and it's a very important aspect of retaining the members you have. It's a job. Beautiful job. Pray for them. He said, I pray for you to have this wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That is why sometimes as you keep praying for your members, the people come and they are some way. But with time, you said they change. And they become established. Things that they used to ask you questions and that they used to argue about, now they don't because by the operations of the Holy Spirit, they, are, they have come to understand themselves. That is why when Jesus was giving his sheep to, 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 to lead, at a point, he asked them, who do you say I am? In other words, he wanted to see whether they have received that revelation, that revelation of being born again. Because these days we are in church that even people think that by coming to church, they are doing you a favor. Yeah, people think when they come to church, they've done the pastor a favor. They have forgotten that the pastor is rather there for them. Hey. And the verse, the next verse. Spirit of knowledge in the revelation of you. Verse 18. Where are you? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that what you may know what is the hope of your calling. The hope, the hope of your calling. Can you imagine if all your the members of your church know that there's a hope for us? And our hope is to receive the end of our salvation, which is our eternal salvation of our of our souls. If they have that hope, do you think that anything can separate them from coming to church? That is when the scriptures will become true. That what shall separate us from the love of God? That thing is not just by saying, you know, it's when the person has a personal revelation of who Christ is. And that the person revelation, there is a hope, there's a certain thing we are working for. Towards something. Not just that's why when they come, they come and say that with this ring I did wear, then till death shall do us part, and they go home and they divorce. Empty words. Because the person has a revelation of what 
you are talking. So as I say, I see you and no death, nothing shall separate us. But when the time comes to separate, that's why he said, whether there is anything to hold on to, whether there's anything to hold on to, and that thing comes by God. That's why Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered. But what there's something else I only God can do. The revelation, putting it into the heart of the person, making the person grow, only God can do. And what God alone can do, you need to let God do by your prayers. By your prayers. Only God can do. If we knew the hope of our calling, I tell you, there's no way a shepherd will not go after the sheep every Sunday. There's no way. But we don't know. Most of us sitting here, our hope is America. You need that sort of London. I want to go to London. That's our hope. Our hope is to marry. I remember when my small boy was young. I asked him. I told him, hey, Jesus is coming soon. Small boy, oh. Jesus came to you. He told me, no, 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 Jesus shouldn't come now. I said, why? He said, because I want to marry. I was shocked. Small boy. He said, because I want to marry. I think he was in class five or something. Or class four. Amen. Hmm. Uh, anyway, that also could mean something that he's, he's looking at something good. So you want to have it. Some of you, your, your children will want, never want to say anything like that. Some of us, our hope is to hear the, the song. That's why immediately we were married, you left church. Call along, that was your hope. So you have arrived. You have arrived. But if it enters your heart that there is a hope and the hope is for us to have eternal life, you will see that nothing. Hey! And who told you that as Christians will not have problems? Who, who ever told you? Recently we had a, we had a um, crusade somewhere in Tamar called Newtown. And a lot of people came and when they came, some of my people came to tell me that look, they poor come, they are poor. We have to give them clothes. We have to give this. They need, every time they go, they ask them for money. Take your seat. They ask them for money. They ask them for clothes. They ask them for this. So one day I said, look, bring all of them to me. So when they came, I, I sat them down. And I remembered um, Peter saying, I silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give. I said, look, we did not come to win souls here to come and give you jobs. To come and give you shorts, shirts. We came to save your souls from death and that you can be you can be poor and die and go to heaven and be rich and so don't think that and this church has come so that they will give you incentives and this i said no there's nothing like that i met with them look you'll be shocked after the meeting they will become more committed than ever and my, my pastors were very surprised they were very surprised i said look and i didn't just say it to I had prayed before coming to talk to them. You feel like you just go and say it. You just go and say it. Sometimes, see, sometimes when people are preaching, you see some of you, eh, when you are doing things, take your time. Oh. The person standing there, casting out devils, you two are going to say, in the name of Paul, in the name of the God that Paul says, get out. You, you see what will happen to you. Paul, I know. Bishop Dag, I know. I know Bishop Dag, how he cast out devils by you. You, you, think, you think Bishop that just cast out devils? 
have you seen what is happening at the prayer at the prayer time? No. Wakes up at 2 a.m. every day to pray. Every day to pray. So you, you see, these are not empty, hot air. This is not hot air. Empty words. Before I said, I said, before I came to you, I said, Father, these people who went to them to give them Jesus. I didn't go to them to go and give them money, to give them shirts or give them jobs. I went to give them Jesus. So Lord, let this thing enter their heart so that they will know that they are born again because of you, not because of me and because of they, they themselves. Today, some of them are very, very committed in the church. I was very surprised when they told me that one of the brothers in the church came as a result of that crusade. I was shocked when they pointed him to me. Do you get it? So, it is not automatic. Pray for them. He said that what? You will know your, the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That is when you can tell yourself that even if I cannot be, I, will, I don't get my physical blessings, I will still serve the Lord. This is the church. People just leave there. I was sick. The pastor didn't visit me. So I'm going somewhere. No, there is. We cannot even endure anything. And I was sick. And my my and my father died. And the pastor didn't come from free. And so what? And so is that the reason to leave church? And so what? You, you were you were not dead. Your your father was dead. If you were there, you wouldn't see. Your father was dead. And the pastor didn't come for your funeral. Your father's funeral, not even your funeral. Your father's funeral. And so you are leaving church. And, and why, why? He didn't give you money. When they came with the money they gave to me was too small. I'm leaving the church. Beloved, if you leave the church because of this, it means you don't really have a revelation of what God has given to you of being, a, being saved. You don't know. Yes, we will not stop you. We will keep doing it. We will keep doing it. It's a beautiful thing to visit and to bless people. It's part of the beautiful job. But it shouldn't be. I, I, I couldn't imagine that as a believer. I don't even remember anybody visiting me as a believer. I don't even remember. I, 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 I had to organize all night for somebody to come and do Holy Ghost baptism for me. With the evidence of speaking in tongues, I did the all night. I myself, I, I, I did the all night. I said, please come and baptize me in the Holy Spirit. I called so many people. Hello, come, let's do, let's bring this brother to come and baptize her in the Holy Spirit. That's all. Nobody, I mean, if I could, I would do my all night. Do you think anybody would come and visit me? But I, I never, I never, I never left the church. Because when I got born again, I had the revelation of who Christ is and what Christ has done for me. I knew that I was going to die and go to hell. Go to die. So please pray for your members to understand this. You see, even the, the preacher we are praying, they need to understand it too. You'll be surprised. <laughs> Colossians 1.9, what does it say? Paul, this is Paul. This is Paul. He says what? For this cause, we also, since the day we heard, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So the, your follow-up ministry should have a prayer wing. And they should always be praying that these people have been born again. They'll be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. When they come to understand, let look, our work eh, 
it is mostly done in secret. Yeah. I mean, when you see somebody going up and down, visiting people, the, the, the thing that the person has done in secret, you have no idea. That's why you see the reward openly. You see the reward openly. Bishop tells us about Yongicho, which he himself also does, that he will pray for three hours a day from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. Is that also 2 plus 3? You look at the art student. Just pray. And every day, the man who has so many members praying. Hallelujah. So, one of the most important things about retention evangelism is that pray for the souls and the visitors who come. Pray that as they come, Father, I close the door that will make them return, the door of no return. May they stay here forever in the name of Jesus. Anything that will make them live hate, offenses, whatever. Lord, deal with them. Let them stay. Look, sometimes you need, it's on that, like, as we are, we preach in English. And some people can, you can say, that person cannot understand the English at all. But somewhere, somehow, somewhere, somehow, the person keeps coming and coming. There's one woman who really comes to my mind like that. Keeps coming and coming. Every day after service, she'll be the first person to come and get me with Fante. That, oh, my children, they preach no yet, the pa. And I wonder what makes her keep coming to church. What brings her to church? What does she understand? And you realize, you realize that somehow, by the spirit, the inner, inner man is being fed and being grounded. Somehow. Hallelujah. So beloved, let's pray for them. Pray that God will keep them. Pray against friends and things that will take them away from the church. You have to pray. Before you do, because we all know what is taking them from the church. Pray that they'll become stable. Pray that they'll become stable. Because some of them, they come to church, and if you don't take the things, that will happen. Amen. So visit them. Pray for them, sorry. And the next one is to visit them. Visit the converts. When you visit them, you know their needs. Some of us, the preaching we preach is because we have not visited our members. Until Jesus came to visit us, we would, if we had not come to visit us, we would always say that Bishop doesn't understand us. Yeah. We would always say that Jesus doesn't understand us. He visited by being, being like us, took us the form of a man. Excuse me, the Holy Spirit didn't do that. Sorry, Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit didn't do that. It is Jesus who came to be like us. That is why when we sin, we don't go to the Holy Spirit. We go to Jesus and say, Jesus, Father, cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. And then Jesus will tell God, look, this is what I went to pay for. When I visited them, I realized that it's not easy for a man to stay all these years without this. It's not easy. It takes a certain grace. So look at the blood and forgive because out of my visitation, out of my visitation, that is what I found out. That's what I found. So if you visit, you know what to preach in your church. You know what to preach in your church. Some of you, some of the examples you give in your church is even offensive to people. Yeah. Where the person is coming from and what you are saying is even offensive to the person. The person may never come again. Hallelujah. But God visited us 
And from that day, grace came. Yeah. From that day. Because see, they realized that I'm sure Jesus to the hair after my visit. I saw that man is great. Man is great. Hey! Jesus told them, look, as I walk with Mary Magdalene, as I walk with all these people, hey, and as I saw money, and I saw the devil took me to the to the to the high mountain and showed me New York, Amsterdam, all those places. As I saw it, it's not easy at all. These guys are doing great. And then I'm sure you said that's what I now understand the angels. I now understand the angels who were sent to Edwin perform some duties. And then they saw the choristers in the church. Hey! Angels, they are called ministering angels. So they're supposed to come and minister in the church. But as they entered the church and they saw the choristers, they said, Hey! Hey! The first angel asked the other angel, I won't have their names because I don't even know the names to give to them. Uriah! Are you seeing the same thing I'm seeing? Then you say, what? What are you seeing? If they see what are they see? This thing here, is it a boil or part of the human being? Is it a boil or is it one of those things we are supposed to go and heal? Because they were supposed to bring healing to the people. For he sent forth his word and he healed. So the angels were coming to bring the healing. But as they were looking at it, they said, is it a boil or something that we should heal? Then the other said, okay, I'm not too sure, but can you go and try it? Then the angel came. He tried it. Then he was electrified. He was there. Then the angel said, hey, are you not coming? Are you not coming? So, no, 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 no. I cannot come. What, what is happening? You need to come and try. You need to come and try. Hey, the other person came. He said, wow! Then he whistled. Then all of them should come. Pa, 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 pa. They didn't go back. They didn't go back. But you, you are seeing it. And you are still sitting here. Jesus is saying that, hey! Forgive him, forgive him. It's not easy. Forgive him. It's not easy. But it came as a result of a visit. A visit. I have to congratulate the Nazareth and say, brother, you are very powerful, you are very strong. What angels couldn't do, you are doing it on daily basis. Even as you are sitting here, you are doing it. What angels couldn't do? Hey! He says, it a boil? Then he saw another person shake the bottles and say, Hey! Then the angel said, Hey, I don't like the way I'm feeling, no. He said, what are you feeling? He said, no, there's some movement in my... Is it, is it normal? Is it... No, I said, eh. When they went, but then Jesus came. He came to visit. When he visited, he saw these and even proper ones. And yet, without sin. But not without sin doesn't mean that he couldn't feel the way we feel. He felt it. He felt it. Sure. 
It wasn't easy for him at all. That is why even at a point he told God, that, Lord, if it's your will, let this car pass over me. Because at that point, it's like, perhaps if I marry Mary Magdalene and this other, we can be here and continue the ministry. Then God said, hey, don't bring yourself. What is my will? Pray that my will be done. Pray that my will be done. They said, nevertheless, your will be done. Hey! The way he wished he would have... And I could imagine Jesus' wedding. <laughs> if you turn water into wine in somebody's wedding, then his wedding, dear, hey! Overflow like that. But he came as a what? A visit. He came to visit us, felt all this. That's when we go to God and say, we have such an high priest who can be touched with our infirmities. We have not an high priest who cannot be touched with our infirmities. Hallelujah. He can touch us. So when you visit, you get to know. One day I went to visit a church member. You may take your seat. I went to visit a church member. You won't believe it. I've told you this story before. When I visited this church member, in a corner, I had to park my car and walk for a lot. I've said it before, isn't it? When I entered the house of the lady, the smell in the house, you will not believe. Just not knowing that just behind her, she stitches the last house to the gutter in the community. And the whole community, they don't, they, they don't build with toilet. So that is where they come free range. That's where they come to download. So morning, afternoon, evening, people are inputting and downloading. Uploading and downloading. Hey! And as I was standing there, I could hear all kinds of shots. Different downloads. And depending on the weight, you can hear, boom! That was mean that it came, it was heavy. Boom! Which is... Boom! Then you And then you But You know, the first wind that comes with it is a very powerful one. Before they set it, the wind blows it into her room. Even before the thing hits the judy rate, it blows. I said, wow. And because of that, she says that she puts her clothes in a polythene bag, walks to a certain place, a friend has to go and change before she comes to church. And can you believe what happened? One day, this person was coming to church and then the shepherd he was coming for a choir rehearsal. The shepherd of the choir rehearsal, who himself came late, saw her coming and started issuing her. You, you not sing, you not do this. Look at the time you are coming to choir rehearsal. This, this, this. Just spoke anyhow to the person. Then when he finished, I called him and I asked, "Have you have you visited this person before?" He says, "No." Do you even know her name? He says, "No." I said, is that why you are talking like that? If, if you are going to visit this person, of, instead of going to meet her and issue her, you would have carried her on your back, bought her chocolate and ice cream and Coca-Cola and said, well done! 
Well, hey, actually, I hear some of you are going to hear that in heaven. You may be struggling now, but you go to God and say, God is a well done. And he said, Me? What did I do? And God said, From where you are coming from. From you see, God does not compare you with people. He, he has his own way of measurement. From where you are coming from, you have done far. Well done. Well done. For having two sheep, for having ten sheep, for having well done. Well done. I say you should say well done. And from that's when I came to understand the importance of visitation. And and if you cannot visit, make sure because if your church grows and your church is going to be about two thousand, three thousand, for you are going to count your church in thousands. Please receive it. You are going to count your church in thousands. You are not receiving because you cannot see. But yesterday we heard that God is the one who is going to do it. It will defy understanding and logic. Hey! You are going to count them. So what does it mean? It means that you may have to raise up a lot of people to do visitation on your behalf. But visitation should never stop. Hey! As, even as I, I remember the many times that Bishop came to visit me at home. And the important times as that too. Meaning, some, some, some times that you will never forget. Because, for instance, when your member is bereaved, your member will want you to be around. And even if you are not there, he will want that a delegation will be there. Recently, a brother lost a father in Nigeria. He was shocked to see, when he got to some state in Nigeria, he was shocked to see that members of the church were there. He was shocked. But what I did was that I called our bishop in Nigeria and I told him, look, this member is coming to have a funeral here. In fact, the way he, he put it on the chart, so I didn't know how to. So I just put it on the chart and said, find, I don't know how to get there, but find out if we have a branch there and by all means get people there. He was shocked. He sent me a test from the play. He was shocked to see that members were there. Hallelujah. By all means, you see, the reason why pastor has given that ship to you is so that when the ship is going through such moment, you will be there. You will be there. And if even you will not be there, at least you inform pastor. Some of you don't even tell the pastor what is happening. By the time the pastor will hear, the member is gone. Because oh, he said that the, pastor, the father died and no one went to visit, visit her or whatever. Amen. Are you with me? So visit your new convert. Hallelujah. Visit your members. I remember many times, a very important part of my times of my, in my life, Bishop had visited me. And one particular visit I'll never forget. When I moved to my house, um, the first I moved to my house, he had gone for a crusade and he was coming. And he passed there. And I remember when he was coming, he came with watermelon. You remember, you were there. He came with watermelon. And as soon as he opened the door, he broke the watermelon, dropped and broke it and said some words to the effect that as the watermelon is spreading, so shall you spread. I say, wow! Hey! You don't just visit to The visit might be said that the person will never forget. The visit dropped it like that. So so, so I say, wow, that day. And from that day, it has come to pass. Whatever he said, I come to pass. Your visit must be a spiritual visit. Some of you, the only visitation you do are sexual visitations. Hey. We have given the ship to you to go and visit. 
Now you have turned the sheep to kebab and you are eating the kebab. You are eating the sheep. Hey! Are you a shepherd or a fox? I remember somebody gave a sheep gave a sheep to a shepherd. Then the shepherd started chatting with the sheep on water. So the first thing the shepherd said was that when am I seeing you again? The sheep, the shepherd told the sheep. And the sheep said, oh, this is it. But he said, when you are coming, come alone. Then the sheep also said, they said, you know, I like your body. And I want to see it naked. Hey! And unfortunately for the shepherd, the sheep had been prayed for. So it has entered her heart what Christ has done for her. The hope of her calling had entered her heart. So she was surprised and confused and went and gave it to a pastor. So the pastor too saw it. And the pastor brought it to me. I've even revealed what the pastor was anyway. The pastor brought it to me. When the pastor brought it, I said, you know what? Don't let us stop. So I decided to take the message and I started communicating with him. I said, when should I come? When should I come? Then he will go on. I said, but what if your wife finds out? Oh, my wife is not around. But isn't it this? What about if, if Bishop sees? No, no, no. Don't tell anybody. Bishop will not see. So, 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 oh, I, we went on and on and on and on. Then at a point, I took the phone. And I said, I won't give you the phone just in case you are tempted. But you go. They didn't respond again. Sunday, the brother came to church. And I called the brother. When I called him, I come and see. Hey, Bishop! <laughs> Uh, we have been dead. <laughs> Not knowing that the chip I gave to him, eh, or your new taste. Hey, that's why the ship was. I mean, had nice, nice, nice. <laughs> but the eyes you have, the pastors also have the same eyes. You are not the way you see are different. Hey, when I told the brother, brother, that I said, look, sit down. Why did you send this test to this person? Come and see. The man was sweating. So, so I took the phone. Then, first of all, I made her to call the lady. The lady was sitting in the next office. I called her. I said, apologize to her. And let, so he apologized to the lady. I told the lady that in this church, we are so sorry that he did this to you. But in this church, we don't do that. This is, because you may even think that that's what happens in the church. I said, we don't do that. It's just unfortunate. So the brother apologized and everything. But you see, this is the sheep, a shepherd, a so-called shepherd that I have given my sheep to. To take, to take up the sheep for retention. And he is eating the sheep. Can you believe it? If you are here and you are eating the sheep that have been given to you, you should stop now in Jesus' name. Don't be. <laughs> Amen. So visit the sheep. When you visit the sheep, let the sheep know why you are visited. So when you visit the sheep, it's only when you go at the time that the sheep is eating. So you go and eat. Hey! Hallelujah. 
so it, it, what i want is that we must follow up the convert to retain them hallelujah and we should also concentrate in in, in establishing them concentrate concentrate that's strategy number two strategy number two concentrate in retaining them and then finally devotion brings retention devotion teach your members to devoted to your teaching and your uh, their pastor's teaching look as for sheep they are sheep a sheep is a sheep if you don't train the sheep and talk to the sheep the sheep there it the sheep thinks that wherever i see food i should go and eat the sheep will not know that it's not every food that is meant for my eating some food may be meant for this sheep in this fold and this sheep in that fold so teach them teach them to be established and teach them to be devoted let them love your teaching it's an art to consciously teach them to love your teaching teach them to feel that the pastor's teaching is the best look when i teach in my church they are very happy they are very happy in fact some of the teachings i teach here that you say that my child they will stand up because my pastor is the best preacher teach them to believe in your preaching so that when they hear that one other somebody else is preaching elsewhere they will not be if you like confused yeah let them know that there's a difference between this there's a difference between this consciously because they are sheep and sheep must be led sheep must be led sheep must be led even though there are many churches there is one church god has put you in stay in that church sheep must be led you don't leave sheep to take decisions on their own no it's not automatic just teach them teach them that is why we will teach you look god in light in, in united denominations god has given us a prophet a pastor a shepherd everything and we teach our members that he is the best pastor and the prophet for our lives excuse me if you if you don't like it that's up to you leave your members to keep moving and that is why they stay because the end effect of your follow-up and everything so that the people will be retained they'll be they'll, they'll, they'll be in the church they'll become permanent look many of you your church members you have they are not permanent too they look you don't have any idea they come to your church in the morning in the evening they attend another prayer meeting another time they are in another service they, they are not permanent members of your church at all they are tied they even divide it you get part and the other pastor gets part they are not you they are not your real member you have not taught them to be permanent and that's why your church is also not growing yeah, yeah you are co-laborers with another pastor <laughs> yeah you are in your church and a prophet somewhere is co 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 shepherd instead of you to teach your people to pray teach your people to receive your prophetic words tell your people that when i say receive you have to receive because because powerful things and miracles are happening to you so when i say receive he say i receive and they and them just they will receive and they'll be blessed they will receive and they will be blessed they will be they will bring you testimonies upon testimonies upon testimonies so teach them to be committed teach them to be permanent teach them to be devoted to you hallelujah i tell you something you must teach them to be 
devote one another's fellowship. So it is also very important for the pastor to be devoted to this member. So as you are teaching to be devoted, you should also be devoted to them. Hallelujah. You should also be devoted to them. Make your members permanent members of the church. One of the ways to retain is to make them join a ministry. Let nobody come to church and this person is come to church. He's so big, he can't join anything. Let them find a ministry and join. And often that's one of the things I do. I, when you come to church, I see you, I talk to one, two, three. I'll call a pastor, I'll call a ministry shepherd. I'll say, take care of this person. Let him or her join your ministry. What have you done? You are now, you are now asking somebody to keep the person for you. Hallelujah. So make them permanent. Hallelujah. A permanent member is what? Unmovable. Unmovable. Look at our members. That's why when you have certain programs, they don't come. At that time, they are attending the other service. They attend another service. That other church meets at that time. They are off. They are there. So, a permanent member is what? An unmovable, stable, dependable throughout the years. Dependable throughout the years. Instead that a, a very important characteristic of that member is that his mind and heart are saying, I am here and I'm here forever. Hallelujah. I'm here. Does it mean that nobody will leave your church? No. By all means, some will leave. But as much as light in your power, as much as light in your power, make sure that no one leaves. Do whatever you can do to make sure no one leaves. And I tell you, sometimes you have to mention them by name. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be sleeping and God will just drop a mem- somebody's name on my heart. And I'll just say, where is this person? And I'll start praying for the person. In the morning, I'll call, where are you? Where did you go to? Why haven't I seen you? And so now when I ask for the person, I'll go and ask for the, pe- for the person's shepherd. The person's shepherd will not even know what I know. I said, why are you why, why are you taking care of the person? What what what's your what's your what 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 what's your duty as a shepherd? Out of shepherding conference. What's what's your duty as a shepherd? What what is expected of you as a shepherd? That when the sheep what makes you a shepherd is the sheep. Alright. Yeah, what makes you a shepherd is the sheep. So if the sheep is not there, then you are not a shepherd. Why are you sitting here? Why are you sitting? You are not a shepherd. That's why you need to understand the sheep. Know the sheep. Know the sheep's pain. And make sure the sheep is permanent. Let the sheep understand that, look, as you have become born again, eh, it's not going to be easy. But it's for you. That's why you need to pray. Amen. Are you here? We go home. May God give you that thing that you need to keep the sheep in your church. Hallelujah. And for every church, eh, I'm seeing that God is going to give you exactly what you need to keep your people. Maybe what I have to do to keep my people will be different from what you need to do to keep your people. My, may God give you that revelation. Maybe just one step in an injection of just one wisdom that God gives to you will save all those hundreds of people who pass through your church and never come again. Just, just one dose of that injection. May God open your eyes to see Maybe some of you, you need just to start a ministry. Just a certain ministry in the church. And that's it. It has changed forever. You need to just do something. 
but may God open your eyes, may God give you that thing that you need. Recently, God has been talking to me about something that I need to do in my church, which I've started doing. And I'm really doing, I'm going to do it all my heart. And it, I mean, I, I believe he told me that if you do this, you say more people will stay than they leave. More people will stay. Amen. So it's very important that you retain the people that God has given to you. Look at the choir you have. If you took your choir membership, you will see that you should have been 250. And if all of us will play our part, if all of us will play our part as shepherds in a church or workers, all of us will play so that your one, you look after your one, your two, you look after your two, your three. If you have ten shepherds and this person look for two, three, four, but I realize 15 sheep have been brought to church who otherwise would not have been in church. But you don't, you didn't travel for anybody. You treat the ship like a government vehicle. You know GV cars. Even when you see photos, because you didn't buy with your money. It's for the government. It's for the government. So you go anywhere and you park your car. Often you have your own car, which you traveled to buy. So you, you park it. You don't drive it every morning, you wash it. But the one that is the government vehicle, you see how you use it. And most of the time, that's how we use our the ship that are handed to us. You see, they are like government vehicles to us. We don't care what happens to them. But from today, may God give you that heart, that heart for your for sheep that are given to you. May your sheep be so precious to you that you will not sleep, you will not pray without mentioning their names, you will not sit down until you see them in church. And you should go to church and, and, and be able to recognize that ship A was not in church. And when you call ship A, oftentimes I've called people, I've sent people to go and visit ship because they were not in church. I said, how did pastor get to know that I wasn't in church? He said, how did he get to know that I wasn't in church? How did he get to know? Because we did, I, I made the church to do, uh, that's before I moved my, the new place, the, the, the other child, I made them to do a certain work. Uh, you, it, uh, immediately after church, maybe after two or three hours after church, we will know who came to church and who didn't come to church. The number who came to church. And then, by the next day, we will know the reason why the person didn't come to church. Because we divided the church that every shepherd had five members, including yourself. So if you have four people, four sheep, you should be able to know. You don't, you, don't need, you don't need any miracle to know where they are. Four sheep. You call yourself a shepherd. You should know their names. You should know their phone numbers. If you can't, cut them, if you can't get them on phone, four sheep, you should be able to get them by all means. So, we get to, so, so, so when I call, say, how did you get me? I wasn't in church. And suddenly they are confused, they are surprised, and they are so happy. They are so happy that we got to know that they were not in church. I hear you going home. Wonderful. God is going to give you some powerful growth in your church from today. As many as are going to use this, it's going to work for you. Amen. Why don't you just lift your hand and speak in tongues for a while? Speak in tongues for a while. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can stand to your feet and just speak in tongues for a while. Just speak it as a father. Give me this heart for my sheep. May it enter my heart into my heart that I will love my sheep. 
and I'll go after my sheep. I'll make sure that no sheep that is given to me will be lost in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the heart of a shepherd. The heart of a shepherd that will let David put his life on the line to go and get one sheep, just fight for one sheep, insignificant sheep who will never even be seen if it didn't get home, to go and fight for that sheep and bring the sheep back. May God give you that heart in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Give you praise. Give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats. Put your hands together for Jesus. Are you becoming a shepherd? This is Art of Shepherding Conference. When you live here, you should be a shepherd. Not a fox or a deer. Amen. You should be a shepherd, not a goat head. Or a, a, a what? Money, money digger or whatever. Now, if ever you have heard of any important message, this that I'm going to tell you should be one of the most important ones you've ever heard. Amen. Now, what am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about that which will make you. That which will make you. That which has made people. That which has made people. And that which will make you. Hallelujah. And in this chapter, Bishop Doug, who God has used, God has used and through him and by his anointing upon his life to build 3,000 churches in 70 countries, is telling us about how he came to be anointed. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? How many of you want to have a church with thousand branches in ten countries in this world, ten different countries. Okay, this one has three thousand branch branches in seventy countries, and he's telling you how he got anointed, how God anointed him. And you see, many of us, how many of you are looking for anointing? It is the anointed. Receive it right now in Jesus' name. It is the anointing that you need to do everything hallelujah in Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 you will see that you are going to get a mega church but it is not going to be by might nor is it going to be by power no it is going to be by my spirit saith the Lord and that is going to be by the anointing by the anointing. So in other words, we are going to see the anointing, how we are going to get this anointing for our mega churches. How we are going to get this anointing for our mega church. Hallelujah. Because you realize that for every ministry to be successful, you need to be anointed by God. Yeah. And I've come to say the anointing is somewhere. The anointing is somewhere. I'm telling you, the anointing is somewhere. In the olden days, people, when people were sick, and you gave them orange, 
then they'll be well so people were wondering what was in the orange that was making people well so they took the orange to the laboratory and they later found out that it was the vitamin c in the orange that was making them well so there was something in the orange somewhere so the, the vitamin c was somewhere in the orange it was somewhere and they were able to extract the vitamin c and they started selling them at pharmacy shops now when you go you can buy one give me vitamin c um something something flavored orange flavored vitamin c lemon flavored and vitamin c raspberry flavored and you take it and go but you see the vitamin c was somewhere and then it was extracted let me tell you the anointing is also somewhere the anointing is also somewhere you see but unfortunately we cannot extract the anointing and sell it at the spiritual pharmacy shop it would be very nice but when you come i have 10 bottles of anointing this one is vitamin vitamin marriage vitamin children vitamin a but no no unfortunately it's not like that it is somewhere but the process of getting it is not the same as going to extract it in the laboratory no it is so but there's also a process to access and to get the vitamin anointing the anointing for church growth anointing for ministry it is somewhere hallelujah and in this book and in this chapter you will see that god's servant is teaching us how he managed through the processes to get that anointing which was here but on somebody or somewhere and oftentimes uh, the anointing is on somebody or in somebody hardly would you get it direct from god hardly because anointing is the same it doesn't change hallelujah and so you see that those who have been successful in ministry when they see anointing and where anointing is they go for it with all their heart and all their minds one man elisha he walked with elijah then he saw that mm, there is something in this man that makes things happen there's something in the man that makes things happen and eventually he got to know that it was the anointing so he decided that he was going to follow the man eat from the man walk with the man stay close to the man until that anointing came on him until so that even when the man was about to be taken he asked him say ask me whatever you want me to do for you ask me you have been following me what have you seen about me i've been following me ask me what do you want me to do for you and he said i need your car i need your car i need your visas to go to america and come the philippines and come cambodia and come i need your anointing for that please can you give the visas to me no 
I need your wife. <laughs> that one is wild. But and Elijah said unto Elijah, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away. And Elijah said, I pray thee, let a double portion. In order he had recognized that there was something in him, there was something on him. Because the things he was doing, no man can do such things except God was with him. There was something. So he said, give me a double portion. Let me tell you something. The revelation to recognize that there is something upon somebody is very important. And yesterday, Bishop Interful and Bishop Go were talking about humility. You see, you need to be able to humble yourself to know that somebody has something that you don't have. You need it, but you do, it's not on you. It's on this person. And you need to humble yourself and do whatever you need to do to get that anointing. But oftentimes, pride, originality, I want to be original. With all your originality, where have you gotten to? And who told you, everything, everything, there's nothing unoriginal about it. The anointing is always original. You see, what you are going for is the anointing on the person. You have recognized that there is something on that person. And that's why I like and love about Bishop Dagwood Mills. He always recognizes when he sees that something is on you. He always recognizes when he sees that. And he, 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 he talks about it. He, in, his, in this chapter, he, he tells us how he came to be anointed and what he did. He, he recognized the anointing upon Kenneth Hagin. He recognized the anointing upon Kenneth Hagin. And what did he do? He followed him. He followed him. Not for two days. Not for three days. Not for, listen, not for listening to him to go and preach his message. No. He followed him until whatever was on him. So his following was like, I am after this. I've seen something and I'm after that thing. I'm after that thing. And I told you, yes, I told you, when you have a desire, it will lead you on a journey. I'm after that thing. That's what I'm after. That is what will, you see, that is what will make you, that is what will raise you up to, to wake up at dawn and listen to the person speak to you. Speak to you. That will make you, what will make you invest money. He tells us for many years, he would travel to Korea only to go and Listen to Yonggi Cho. Visit him. Be in his church. Because he saw a mega church pastor. Let me tell you something. The anointing you are praying for is about to come to you. If you listen to what I'm saying, it's about to come to you. Hallelujah. You see, Elisha associated himself closely with Elijah and he heard him speak over and over and over and over and over again. In 2 Kings 2.11, he says that, And it came to pass as they still went on and talked. You see, when you associate with somebody and you talk to the person for a long time, he said, the thing wraps on you. Hallelujah. It wraps on you. I have, I have known my friend for a very long time. My friend, we should go for a very long time. And anytime I see him, I tell him, that, Look, Charlie, your association with healing Jesus crusade has I mean I, I, I could feel that something has rubbed on him and I keep telling him I keep telling him 
You see, because the more you are with somebody, the more you talk to the person, the more you listen to the person, something will rub on you. Because it works, works, works. They are spirit. Words are spirit. Yeah. Some of you, you are married, but you heard some words from a certain man. Even though you are married, but I still hear the man's voice. You cannot enjoy your marriage because of the words you heard. Powerful raps. You didn't know the spirit behind the raps. So you are married, though, but you still, you still remember the raps, the words of the man. May God deliver you from those words in Jesus' name. That's why Jesus told his disciples that the words that I speak, John 63, they are life and they are spirit. So when you keep hearing words that somebody says, what is that? Because they are life and spirit, you know, the spirit behind the words are still in the words. Hallelujah. And so Elijah, as Elisha walked with Elijah, listened to him over and over again. He read that the words of the man wrapped on him. And then he was able to see that this is the anointing, this is what I am after. So you should not just follow the man, no. you should follow somebody and go after what is on the man. And if there was anybody for me to recommend to you, who else can I recommend to than my father? I want to recommend to you that listen to this great man of God, Bishop Dagiward Mills. What is upon him, it will come unto you. Hey. By the time you realize you are consecrating bishops, by the time you realize you are building church buildings all over the world, by the time you realize many things have happened to you, we have literally seen the ministry of Kenneth Hagen come literally alive to us here in Ghana by the things that the anointing upon him has done with Bishop Dagiwad, which was upon him, has done with Bishop Dagiwad Mills, and Dr. Yongicho too, and Benihin too, and Bonke too. Hey! Charlie, you can never say that you don't have anointing. From today, from today, that anointing that you need, it is somewhere. It is in the orange. It is somewhere. It is in the book. It is in the message. Go after it. Go after it. And it will come to you. Hallelujah. That is why Ezekiel 32 said, The Spirit entered into me. The Spirit entered into me as He speak. Because words can perform things. The Spirit of the Word can perform things. That's the Bible says, So shall my words go forth and shall not return to me void. Because it comes to do something. And at this art of shepherding conference, the words that you are hearing about a mega church, about a good shepherd, about doing the work of the ministry beautifully, may it never come back without accomplishing, without making mega pastors and good shepherds in the name of Jesus. When you stay with somebody for a long time, you realize that the anointing wraps on you. The Bible says, or the book says, when Moses came down from the mountain after fellowshipping with the Lord, the glory of the Lord was upon him after fellowshipping with the Lord. Hallelujah. Look, there are two types of receivers and two ways you can receive. The receivers are those who are physically near so that the person can be 
physically near to you. You see the person every day. You walk with the person every day. It, you can receive and talk with the person. Is that also? And those who are physically afar off. So that you can be near and you can be afar, but you can still receive. Yes. You can be near and you can be afar and you can still receive. Amen. Bishop always talks about one of, our, one, of, one, one, one of his children in London called Bishop Ai. He always says that, you see, even though he's far away in London, but he's closer, closer to him than even those who are around. Why? Because he, distance, distance should not be a factor in this our age, our modern time and our age. It shouldn't be a factor at all. And it is nice to hear when your father says this about you, that you are far, but you are near. And it must be worrying to hear that you are near, but you are far. It must be very worrying. Hallelujah. And some of you see, anointing is very close and near to you. You are so close to anointing. You cannot live around in Ghana and you, you shouldn't open your eyes and see that there's so much anointing around for you to tap into. May God open your eyes to see what I'm seeing and to hear what I'm saying. Your ears to hear what I'm saying. Amen. So when you associate, you see, he's telling how you got to be anointed. Oh, and this is how you are going to be anointed. Because when you stay with somebody for a long time, you fellowship with the person, you follow the person, you get anointed. If you look at the apostles, there were those who were close to Jesus and were anointed, and others were not close. They didn't see Jesus. An example is Paul. Peter and the red, they saw Jesus. They heard his words. So in John 1, 1, it says that that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands, you see, they are talking about something they literally saw and fellowship with. But Paul didn't see it like that. As for Paul, he got it by reading. He, he got that anointing. He had this information about Jesus by reading and, and, and listening to what people had to say about him. Because he didn't see him. He wasn't physically present with him. But that was not a factor. As long as there was a book, there was a message, there are people to talk about him, he still got close. That's what Paul said in 2 Timothy 4.13. The clock that I left at trust with Kapos, when thou comest, bring with thee and the books. And the books. Especially the Macarius. And the what? Hey, Charlie. The anointing is heavy. And the books. Especially the Macarius. If Paul had lived in our generation, he would have used all the technology available to receive even more of the word and anointing. He would have listened to tapes. I can't imagine Paul being in such a conference. And Paul would live without getting the books. I mean, I couldn't imagine. Because as far as Paul was concerned, he didn't see 
the man physically. But then volumes have been written about him. So what does he do? He went and get, got the books. So he went somewhere and he took some of the books. Then he realized that he had just 40 of them. There was a 20 he didn't have. So he said, look, I finished reading the 40. I need the 20 more. So bring the book. You wouldn't think, imagine he went without any book. He had finished those books. And he didn't say that, eh, because I've taken some, it's okay. Look, bring the Macario 60 as well. Bring the Macario 60 as well. Let me eat it. Let me eat it. Paul wouldn't say that, ah, I'm tired of reading books. No. Because in the books, this is vitamin C extracted. Extracted from the orange, straight for you. Extracted from the orange, like that. Anointing. Anointing. Wow. Model marriage. How to pray. Anointing. So it's like vitamin B2. Vitamin C. And these are a lot of things. Um, vitamin, whatever vitamin you want. Amen. This is what? How? The writings are but, uh, but you are the young man here. Ah, you see, prophetic. I was a prophetic. Prophetic. The mega church. This one day you are receiving it, the anointing before you live here. The mega church. Amplify your ministry. Amplify your ministry. It means your ministry is not going to stay with you alone. It will be heard all over your area. It will not be heard only in your small village. It will be heard on every continent because you are amplifying your ministry. Full proof of your ministry. They are all here. But what did Paul say? He said, bring the books. He had spent money to buy books. And I know of a story. Bishop tells us how he went to work in London. Do, go and, he went to do some work there. When he was coming, all the money he had he used to buy a cassette player. Auto reverse. Those days, auto reverse had just come. Just so that he can come and listen to a me- messages. A place. Ends and place again. Ends and place again. You are sitting here. You, you may not even have the money with you here, but you know that the money is in the bank. You know it. You know that you can have a plan to get this book. But you can't see that this is anointing. You see, the only reason why you are not coming for the book is because you cannot see that this is thousand members of your church. This is thousand members. You can't say these are 40 church buildings. You have branches and you have built buildings. You can't say buildings you are praying for. This is it. This is it. You can't see you. If only you knew. How many of you know that if you knew, you do everything to get this book? If you knew. But it has still not entered your heart. It has still not entered your heart. That the money for the land to build a cathedral like this, do you get it? The anointing is here. The anointing is here. Right here. But you live here and go home and say, Look, you are fasting and praying for anointing. You are every night you pray, Father, anoint me. Anointing, follow me. One reason when you are singing and the Lord opens, you see, let me show you something. I said, see, anointing following you. You see that a Macarius. <laughs> Sorry. You see that a Macarius is falling on you. Because that is what should, what should fall on you. Is this thing, is this Macarius? 
that is what should fall on you so let it hang on him like that uh-huh. That's it, oh. Anointing. The oil. The oil. That's it, oh. This is the oil. This is the oil falling on you. But you can't see, oh. You are still praying. Anointing fall on me. But it's here. Hanging on you. How many of you know that if, how many of you think that if you saw a vision like that, if you saw a vision like that, you will live here with about three of these macaros. How many of you think so? If you saw a vision, I mean, as you, I say, close your eyes and you close your eyes for one second and you saw a vision like this, that this is my anointing. You have said, receive. And as you're receiving, this is what was hanging on you. Do you think that you will not go with one of these books? So, your reason for not getting one of these books is not because you don't have money, it's because you don't know that the anointing that you're asking for, this is where it is. You don't know. Amen.